hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. decades. The state of Israel is open for questions, <laughs> and you can ask them anything. And it's verified by mods. And there's a picture of Israel and with today's newspaper, and they're saying, ask, ask me anything. Do you hear about this? Do you see this? Was this on reddit.com? This was on twitter.com. Oh, it was the on Twitter? Reddit affiliate, twitter.com. <laughs> Israel AMA. Every uh, country has to do an AMA as part of Twitter. Is that a UN declaration? Yeah, that's a, it's in the Geneva Conventions under the uh, upvote law accords. Um, yeah, if you could ask Israel one question, what would it be? Why? You can tell me. You would just say why. What's your body count, Israel? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> and then it would be like a kiss and tell thing. Like, yeah. Don't kiss and tell. They'd probably say that. I'm I'm a zoomer, and when I say body count, I'm asking how many other states you have had sex with. But oh my god, Israel might accidentally answer, "We have murdered hundreds of thousands of people," or something. Yeah, they you never know with them. They I mean their body, their state, their state sexual body count is <clears throat> they're monogamous with the United States. That's true. They're one true husbando. Yeah, we give. We give them our love. The United States is kind of a polygamist in that way. It's true, but they're like our prized concubine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Israel's our bottom bitch. Absolutely. And we're pimping around the world with our big fat cane. She She's the one who's there to scare the other states into staying in line. Is uh, Uncle Sam is kind of dressed like a pimp. Yeah. yeah. You ever think the about cane, that? The top hat. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> right. He's basically a big 1970s walking around Times Square yelling at you. I want you to get back in their bedroom. Yeah. Was he, is he designed that way? Because that's what, how, what was that? Like the, I want to say it was like a World War One propaganda thing, Uncle Sam originally, but does he go back before that? Because he's a pimp. Guys he's looking like that. And, that's what guys looked like. That's what people okay. dress like at the time. It was very common. Yeah. Where... They had those tall legs. <laughs> 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 legs used to be six feet high by themselves. And then bodies were normal size. And that's just how it was. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the artist had an actual uncle Sam and that's who he named it after. Uh, I don't think he wore the stars. I couldn't say either but... way. I couldn't say either way, but it sounds right when you say it. And it, registers with me in a real way a lot weirder if you didn't there are so many people asking uh israel about uh the number of children they've killed on here i would probably just be break the tension ask a question about hummus ask about soda stream yeah, yeah. I mean, there, this thread has to just be like non-stop insanity right well it's all sides just <laughs> going off uh so there's, there's like some people who are like why is so great the, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. There's a lot of like Epstein questions. Um, there's there's a uh, questions about uh, the, an American ship that was attacked. Like there's lots of right wingers in here too. 
there are people claiming the Holocaust is made up. As if the state of Israel is going to be like, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, I said you could ask anything. That counts. I mean, that's we kind of. Up. I mean, that's kind of a genius deflection, though. No, because they know there's going to be those cranks, so they can just right. like this is what our critics are like. I wouldn't have done the AMA if I were the government of Israel, but it's uh, like being funny, kind of. This is weird. Somebody asked, "What are three things that have made you such a powerful country?" And Israel responds, "Brains." Brawn, beauty. Oh, <laughs> cheeky, the state of Israel. The beautiful women. Funny that you're saying that. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, lots of people asking about the USS Liberty. When will you leave stolen Palestinian land? They didn't answer that one. Yeah, they're just really? not answering any of the ones about Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> what? Again, it's just like you didn't have to do Ask Me Anything Tuesday on a different website where it doesn't exist to begin with. I mean, there's some kid who is uh, compulsively or has been compelled to serve in the IDF and like, I've, this is their job instead of like, you know, driving a tank or something like that. So they're under a lot of pressure to come up with some content, right? They have to project deadly force yeah. into the content sphere. Oh yeah. Someone just got this job in the lottery that day. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, ask me anything. It's, it's probably one of the beautiful ladies they always have in their Israel Instagram posts. Um, there's this one guy who just says, I'm so excited. I don't know what to ask. Love from Azerbaijan. We are brother. And then a picture of the Azerbaijan flag and the Israeli flag. And I think that's what they were looking for. <laughs> they were just looking for just like, we are brother. And then they respond, we love you. And that's not a question or an answer to anything. Almost like that guy's not real. Would be my guess. Do you think so? Do you think there's, this is just think. like in a land party the Israeli embassies having? Yeah, I think <laughs> they're just they're, talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my guess would be that's a fake account. Could be wrong. Oh my god! Somebody said, "What are the most important tenets of Judaism?" And then Israel responded, "Eat, pray, love, no. eat." They put "eat" no. again a, a second time. You gotta feed them because because they like to eat. And they're growing, the people of Israel are all growing. Israelis are growing, and they're young. Is Israel a democracy or religion state? How liberal is Israel? Israel responds, Israel is a Jewish state and a democracy. Oh, good. Good you cleared that up. Some said you can't have it all. Have you seen their pizza? I have not seen Israeli pizza. It looks really bad. It's pretty disgusting. Let's get that up. Someone said, what's your snap? And then Israel said, what's your MySpace? What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think they're asking for your Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I get that, but what they they want to send nudes to Israel and have them deleted. Oh, I get it. Um, I got Israeli pizza up here. Um, It looks very much bread heavy. Very like uh, pita bread plus some cheese kind of Mm. thing happening. That sucks. There's a... um, Hard-boiled egg. Oh God! On two of these. Well, that was a bit of an overreaction. I think. Oh, I mean, I don't I like hate, Israel. Either, I hate. That's <laughs> the it's one. the way they did it. <laughs> Why did you do that? I hate hard-boiled eggs. Uh, really? They're disgusting. Yeah. They, to <clears throat> me, oh, right. I feel like if an alien 
took a shit. That's what a hard boiled egg I've is. I've heard like. you say this before. That's so weird that that's where your brain goes with hard boiled eggs. Yeah, they're if, freakish. If they're aliens shit hard boiled eggs, then they would be the most nutritious animals ever to exist, and then we would have to be friends with them. Chickens kind of shit out eggs. Yeah. Well, they don't really shit them out, though, do they? They give lovely birth to those eggs. Well, they have a cloaca, so it's kind of the same. Oh. Uh, he's got you there. God damn it. I got fucking owned. Them. Yeah, you got owned to the facts and logic. Egg bitch. podcast. It is. Yeah. So it's kind of it's cloaca uh, <laughs> refuse. Ask, you, ask Israel about this. I mean, I like eggs in ask, other form, but. Uh, it's. I want to ask, but the AMA is uh, what, like eight days old to now? Put that on pizza. Like... Even if you like hard boiled eggs, that's... if I ask Israel a question now, are they going <laughs> to think I'm chuggy? Yeah, I mean, depends on how old the kid running this account is. I don't want <laughs> Israel to say that I'm soy or whatever. <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. If you give birth, okay. So the question is, if you give birth. To an egg out of a cloaca, is that shitting? I mean, come on, this is... And, and sent. You sent that to Israel? Uh-huh. They're probably not going to respond immediately, so... It's we'll, 10 days old. <laughs> I got the dates wrong. It's a full 10 days off. They're going to be very confused why I'm sending them anything. No, they're going to think you're asking, like, some roundabout question about Palestinian birth rates, and they're going to have to, like, really <laughs> think uh, Another this one, one of these! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be... by Mossad. <laughs> It's <laughs> just kicking my window behind me right <laughs> they now. They have very particular, like, yeah, rules about, they'll say, oh, we have a full democracy for everybody who's a citizen, but they do monitor. The Torah covers the all rules of the cloaca early on, <laughs> and it is forbidden to cover them any other way. Uh, welcome to Pod Damn America, the number one show where we read you Israel's Twitter feed ten days later. Yeah, egg podcast. And egg podcast. <sighs> And, don't and we're your hosts. Oh! I'm Eglix Patak. <laughs> Eggler's Lee here. Scrambled Lee here. And Scrambled Lee and Baked Flores. Yeah, baked well, Egg Flores. Like a baked egg. Like baked, a baked egg is all right. Egg. The dish you know we are the, all familiar with. The worst thing about the hard-boiled egg <laughs> I is... I think it's real. Because the yolk, the hard yolk is, to me, really disgusting. The chalkiness and the... It smells bad. But what's <laughs> terrible is when it gets that gray ring between oh, that's the, the best yolk. part. Ugh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just saying this to fuck with you. I, I don't do know. like I never... the gray ring. <laughs> I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I would have never thought to like get this grossed out by it. Honestly, if somebody's going to defend hard-boiled eggs on this podcast, it's me because I'd be staying eating. I used to sneak them into the movie theater. Oh, why? <laughs> Peel them in there. They got a lot of protein oh. in the eggs. <laughs> What about a deviled egg? As long as nobody's That's smelling still it. That's gross. Deviled eggs are yummy because they have the like mustard and stuff on them. Yeah, That's basically it. what it is, right? It's just a hard-boiled egg with paprika In and the mustard. darkness of a movie theater, you can't sneak a deviled egg because you're going to get mustard all over your hands. Yeah, no, it's too risky. I mean, Although, don't hot sneak dogs. a hard-boiled egg unless it's already pre-peeled. That's what I learned. <sighs> okay. Wait, what? If you, you peel, peel it beforehand it? and then put it in a hard container so it's not crushed... Then you will be able to enjoy your protein snack in the movie theater. Oh. If you leave the shell on, you're going to be in a black room trying to get all of the shell off of an egg. And everyone's going to be like listening to it. Yeah. During a quiet part of the movie, you can just hear like. 
Meanwhile, Godzilla, king of all monsters, is playing. I think we're going to make Anders throw up. We got to stop talking about eggs. New Patreon goal. Look at him. He's like rubbing his eyes. Make Anders year. It's already happened behind Patreon. By talking about <laughs> eggs. Yes. Wait, no, was that on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was, yes, joint bowling out super. Was that? I don't think that was a crossover episode. Yes, that it was. was just about. This is deep cut. But have you ever done a crossover episode? Yeah, this is many years ago. But we <laughs> it was. A, we watched an anime on Karl Marx. Oh right. For an extended period of time, and uh, well, it ended with Anders throwing up. <laughs> At the end of the anime, he eats hard boiled eggs. Is and he really? It's a, no. It's really structural. I just had, they have a different approach to storytelling. I did there. the old. I made a mistake, and I. Uh, had Kratom and then ate, and you're supposed yeah, to do it the other it way around. It's a kind of a common mistake at the time, but that's neither here nor there. What's here is the events of the week. Have you seen these? Remember when we or were no? like sitting down, like, all right, what news events should we talk about this week? And then we just got off on eggs for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I wrote down pelicans, and we decided we had nothing to say about those, and so the, instead we spoke about eggs. Is there a mini pool in the pelican beak? That's what we were discussing earlier today. A mini pool? Yeah, that's Anders what I always was thought. arguing that a pelican's beak is so deep so that it can scoop up a fish alive and transport it. <laughs> yeah, which is like a sensory deprivation tank for a fish. <laughs> no, that's a cartoon logic. Okay. I you're doing. Well, you said storks. I said storks have... <laughs> Storks have a safe beak that that they can carry a baby in, and so the, well, the pelican briefcase could no. be called a stork. No, 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 you got it all wrong. Okay, in cartoons, yes, pelican has a big dumpster of a beak <laughs> thing. It's got a dump truck beak. <laughs> That's how they are attracted to one another, is the size Wait, of their... But storks shit. in cartoons, when they carry babies, they don't carry it in the beak. Yeah. They have a normal beak, but they the beak holds the, the top of the weird blanket thing yeah. that the baby is in. Okay, that's so correct. Not, I'm thinking of Guinness, and that is uh, because I'm a victim of advertising, and so I think of the way that this, the pelican consumes Guinness. Right. Is that a thing? That's an ad, that's in Guinness ads? They there are a bunch of old Guinness ads from when they would sell Guinness in Jamaica because, uh, you know, the Irish were down there. Right. And... Uh, they would be like really? a pelican. They're easy to trick with birds. Yeah, there's a the ton Irish. of like Jamaican Guinness ads. Is that why they both say uh, bacon like beer can? That's why. In both accents. Because of because of Guinness and this famous advertising campaign. Right. I the think icon. transnational sort of. I might be love. like way out of my depth here, but I read somewhere that the Jamaican accent is sounds like that because it's mixed with Irish because of the really? Irish going down there and being you know indentured servants or whatever this is a podcast for learning is what it is and, and that's what we're here to to talk about and right. it's not, not all pelican facts right near the beach can you hear it it's right like, yeah. near the beach that's, that's scottish, scottish but okay fuck me <laughs> any right. place gingers get together is just confusing there's a little music more music to the irish accent. I, I know okay. it's hard for me to do i can do scottish much better even though I can, ethnically i am not Hoity toity toity is like make it sing song in his own way. I there you go. I and I. The thing is, that once you get to go, and it's pretty easy to keep keep up. But then once you once you stop, then Scotland's right over there. I'm a just island boy. (laughs) Right, I'm an island boy. The colony for yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about colonies today. We're going to be talking about islands today. Right. 
There's going to be a lot. You're going to be what glad if they you were, listened to this. What thing. if the Island Boys were trying to be Irish? They were fake Irish That's people. That's something they I've dressed, often said. <laughs> they dress up like Leprechaun from, you know, the movies. You ever notice how thin yeah. the With Island the, Boys are? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever wonder if, like, a famine kicked in right before the video started? Well, you know the le- leprechaun. Um, doesn't he have? Isn't he inked? Doesn't he have tattoos? The he, leprechaun in the horror movies. Kind of dresses like a short Uncle Sam. You know. Yeah, they could dress like him. He's like a like a short pimp. I'm just Wait, okay. Imagine one of those Venn diagram things. It's like Uncle Sam, a pimp, leprechauns, and in the middle, it's just like top hats. There we go. Oh yes, Island Boys with top hats. Two strong hands shaking over top hats. I guess the problem I'm realizing is there. I think we've discussed this. The the actual Island Boys from that video, they have a medicinal uh, thing (laughs) where they stare at the sun, (laughs) and it helps them with awakening their soul and stuff. (laughs) It's not a medicinal thing. They made that up. They think it's medicinal. Yeah. (laughs) And if you are, they have to do that. And if you're health reasons, if you're actually Irish, that will kill you. So (laughs) right, doesn't work. You'll burn alive like a ghost. Yeah. Like a vampire leaving the house. Well. If you're Irish, you have to stare at a rainbow. <laughs> staring at the bow. Yeah. There you go. Just Irish boy. <laughs> Aaron boy. Uh, you know, uh, Ireland you? is called Aaron in the official. I did not know that. And that's really interesting, too. Well, um, there's a few things we wanted to talk about. Let's get back to the local elections later. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris, Andrews. Well, yeah. So, um, Dark Brandon's been in the news. That's what they're calling him. Have you seen this? He had, uh, Joe Biden, he has Donald Trump eyes when he's being based. He's Dark Brandon sometimes. Have yeah, he's got this? those red Stalin eyes now. Yeah, he's nationalizing yeah. things, Mac. Yeah. He has Dark Brandon now. What happened? I feel like I slept in too long the other day. I woke up and everyone was like, he's kind of good now. It's weird. Patriots are in control, Mac. Yeah, he he canceled uh, basically, you know, the smallest amount of student debt he could get away with. Well, uh, what's making him dark, Brandon, is how upset it's made Republicans. Right. It's not the act itself. It's we're judging purely based on the, like, scream-o-meter like it's a hockey game. Yeah. It's its own reward, I suppose. He's set a like a really easy bar for himself to jump over by being like, I'm actually Republicans are my friend for like the first right year or whatever. Of his we presidency. need a strong Republican party. Uh, you know, Megan McCain is my daughter now, stuff like that. Yeah. So the fact that he's now like, actually they're bad. Everyone's like, Holy shit, dude. Yeah. He'll serve them the tea at like the, uh, press meetings or whatever and so people they give him laser eyes because it's pretty much what he has yeah i mean what i think is true is we have not had uh in in any of our lifetimes a president who's actually doing anything that's like tangibly improving anybody's it's a remarkable instance of things yeah there aren't usually things like this right because clinton was um making things worse slightly less than the Republicans would have and taking credit for that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, hated to do it, but it would have been way worse if Bob Dole was in there. And then Obama was basically, you know, a lame duck president and the things that he would do were just so small and incremental that they just were not noticeable. And here it's like <laughs> slightly noticeable to some people. Well, I mean, none is, of those presidents like gave anybody money directly in a way yeah. that this kind of crosses the boundary for. 
Fellas, the bar is in the basement. <clears throat> but anyway, so he's been, um, uh, yeah, the, the White House Twitter account has been exposing uh, or just, you know, quote tweeting Republicans who are criticizing the the very small student debt relief by pointing out their their PPP loans, which have been expired, which is kind of like, you know, I mean, it's fun, but it's also like that really does pale in comparison. The, the scraps you're throwing to, you know, people who aren't billionaires are right. just so small compared to what Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene is getting. Yeah, she uh, she had one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in PPP loans forgiven. Jesus. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so. And we're only t- canceling 10,000 worth of debt. I think it's so, slightly more if you're a, um, a Pell Grant recipient, but she spent it all on Patreons to yeah. podcasts and stuff. She said that thing where he fucking, somebody asked uh, Mr. Dark Brandon this week about, um, about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And he went like, yeah, what is she like? The the one that believes in the some weird shit or something? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was trying to say QAnon. He like me for real. <laughs> he, was, he, he forgot what that was. He's an extremely relatable president. <laughs> yeah. That's never been our problem with him. He is very much like a I didn't even I wasn't even supposed to be here today kind of guy yeah. to be the leader of America. But yeah, he immediately would just pivot into anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's her concern? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but Pell Grants, that was a big thing uh, for Kamala Harris's campaign. She's going to do all sorts of nice things for Pell Grant recipients, give them like some student debt relief. This is kind of her plan from like 2019. Right. It was like this very, very specific uh, relief program for Pell Grant recipients. Um, Pell Grant recipients receive more money. Pell Ickins receive a Guinness. <laughs> Government program, folk. Pell Grant is when the government gives you a bunch of fish to keep in your mouth. <laughs> to keep them alive, so you can transport them around. Yeah. I can only assume. Um, <laughs> can't fact check, fact check this stuff. It's it's very obscure. Ask but she Israel is, about it. She is nowhere to be found right now. Dear Israel, is a Pell Grant when you give fish to a man? <laughs> <laughs> But it's alive due to your unique mouth. <laughs> it's just like, oh, uh, what? Uh, teach a man to fish. That's what they're going to fish. Okay. All right. Okay. Mala Harris. Well, yeah. So she's, you know, you would think his protege, his vice president would be there for this um, to sort of try and absorb some of the credit, some of the good vibes, the dark vibes. Oh, and by the way, the, the White House. Some of the dark vibes. <laughs> The White House Twitter account, that was, you remember how New Jersey, uh, the state's Twitter account would right. kind of go wilding out and have some fun dunks on neighboring right. states and they stuff. Go and it was like, what's D-mode going on? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Their social media person is now working for the White House, which explains a lot. Um, but Kamala Harris, who seems to not be on social media right now, she's kind of taking a back seat. She is in a state. Uh, and visiting and going on a little vacation. Um, Interesting. A state, huh? The state of Hawaii. Okay. She is uh, just this time chilling there and she's, you know, staying out of the limelight. And uh, she was actually confronted by some eighth graders who asked her about uh, a little place called Red Hill, which we're going to talk about now. Um, in case you're not familiar, this is a military facility that's been there for many years and has been leaking 
gas into the water, po- poisoning people. Right. Uh, very bad. A lot of bad side effects. People getting rashes, sick, ill. I'm against um, it. it. You would think that most people would be against it. Uh, I don't know that anybody's for it in terms of the leaking, but there are people who are kind of waffling on it. And um, Kamala Harris is kind of one of them. She just was like, keep it up. Keep being. This is interesting. She's never waffled before. (laughs) She's always very clear in what she's trying to say and what her intention is politically. She says uh, they, they tell her about the situation. She says, I agree with you. We need to handle that. It's a very big issue. And then uh, encourages. That's what I'm saying. She says, and this is the quote from the article, which, and maybe it's a misquote. Maybe they forgot a word, or maybe she did. But she uh, says she she encourages them to continue to active and lead. <laughs> <laughs> she got to do, a young person. So, Inspi- good thing she did. Inspiring words from our, the vice president of she, the country. <laughs> she could have said anything. She could have said, "Please do not be active right. and lead. Follow." Do you think? Biden's just rubbing off on her. She just talks like him now. It's like a gas leak <laughs> being in a room with that guy. The she dark always, vibes have that. It's the lead radiating from his skin. She kind of always sounds like she's like about to go to sleep. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you she's know, on, she's probably on pills. I'm here in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, it's a Unless stressful. she has like extreme nerves all the time. And it's just like, oh, active and lead. But for her job, I'd be surprised if she's this bad at talking without some something else going on in her life. Who knows? Who knows what it is? Uh, well, I would love to hear more about this Red Hill situation. Yes, it is a bad situation. Uh, I wanted to talk about this for a while. Um, it w- has been in the news, uh, was more in the news um, slightly earlier in the year um, because the military made an announcement that they would try to shut it down. But it has not been Surprise, surprise, shut down yet. This and, has never happened before. The military right. has never lied before. The, the, the reason, though, that we're even talking about this and that any, there's any attention on it, any announcements, any politicians talking about it at all, is because of the pressure from organizers, um, a lot of them on Oahu, uh, including someone we're going to be talking to now, who is a, an organizer with Oahu Water Protectors and shut down Red Hill Mutual Aid. Let's go to the tape. We are now joined by Mikey from the Oahu Water Protectors, as well as the Shutdown Red Hill Mutual Aid Collective, also a filmmaker. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Anders. Thanks for having me. Totally. Um, and there's, there's a lot here to, to sort of explore. Um, but I guess for people who are maybe not familiar with, with Red Hill and the situation, uh, how long has the Red Hill facility been around and when did we start to learn uh, the problems, the leaking problems? Yeah, so Red Hill has been leaking for about as much as it has been around, which is since World War II. So during the invasion of Pearl Harbor in 1941, Red Hill was actually under construction already. Uh, they wanted an underground storage facility for a shit ton of fuel, basically, that would contain up to 250 million gallons of toxic jet fuel and marine diesel sitting just 100 feet above our sole source aquifer that provides water to about 
400,000 people on the island of Oahu. And it has been leaking ever since it completed construction. In fact, there was a report that a great reporter from Civil Beat uncovered recently where the Navy's own contractors had found that there had been a major release of fuel within the first years of construction. But there's no accurate uh, count of just how much. But it it leaks kind of like ambiently just from, uh, you know, the little tiny holes that are in it, about 5,000 gallons estimated mm-hmm. every single year, barring even a catastrophic leak, right? And so in 2014, there was a catastrophic leak where the Navy reported up to 27,000 gallons of jet fuel had leaked into the soil and groundwater. But then... A whistleblower came forward and was like, actually, it's closer to 40,000. And uh, this guy, uh, Victor Peters, he actually told me in a recent interview that we did that he had some software projections that basically forecasted the possibility of the amount of time that that fuel would take to get to our water source, if it did, was in the window. Of 2022. So there is a possibility, uh, but no definitive way to, to prove that some of the some of the incidences of reported illness prior to the major one that got international news could be a result of legacy leaks, right? But the main issue with these deteriorating, corroding tanks, this entire facility is deteriorating, but the tanks in particular and the the pipelines as well. Uh, the the major leak in that that got a bunch of people sick around Thanksgiving weekend was the major incident where thousands of people became ill, and nearly ninety three thousand households that are still without clean water. And the Navy and state officials have given area is a clean bill of health since then and said the water's fine drink the water it's okay now oh uh, yeah it's, it's 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 fucking not don't drink it uh especially if if um you know you see something in your water uh that looks like kind of like greasy like an oily sheen mm. or if there is a detectable odor uh but yeah a lot of people are still getting sick they're getting rashes their pets are getting ill but in in the first month of that crisis it was alarming because pets were dying there were reports anecdotal of much higher incidences of miscarriages of premature births babies were breaking out in these terrible rashes and it's it's harrowing to like see photos of of mothers having to take of their own children's rashes, you know, and constant crying and and diarrhea and vomiting. Children have had to go through this too. Many of the survivors of this leak are still dealing with the potentially lifelong health effects of being poisoned. And the Navy is taking practically zero accountability for any of this. They gaslit, you know, their own service people and civilians. Well, both 
both figuratively and literally in this case, right? Uh, and and uh, they they really have tried to de-radicalize people uh, through this this effort, you know, where the Pentagon tried to let people know that they were handling this issue when they announced that they were going to shut down Red Hill. But now they're giving themselves, you know, years to just come up with, with a plan of action to shut down Red Hill. And we think in the Oahu Water Protectors that this is just another of many stall tactics over the years. And they are hoping that people will probably just stop paying attention to the point where it's like, a couple of years from now, they'll be like, hey, uh, uh, we fixed Red Hill just like we said we would. We don't even have to close it anymore. Hell, yeah. we don't even have to fucking defuel it, right? right. So, uh, and, and, you know, they've done stuff like this before. After the 2014 leaks, there was this um, administrative order of consent, or as they call it, the AOC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it's a completely toothless thing that, that has no, you know, serious oversight because, you know, the U.S. military is, you know, the most powerful and genocidal institution in world history so it's like you know the epa tells you something the president tells you something a a state government tells you something a health department and a local state government tells you something it's just like how do you tell them you have to do this right like what enforcement mechanism is in place right it's just like fuck you we're the u.s military what are you gonna do like shoot us <laughs> so like they're free to ignore any any administrative order even even the emergency orders that were issued to them by our own governor right mm. and and this is where it gets kind of uh darkly hilarious and just kind of like uh really speaks to kind of the the mo- mind-boggling insanity that is kind of the logic of u.s empire right where the secretary of the navy he comes here pretending to be concerned, pretending to care about the families, pretending to care about the people of Hawaii and Oahu in particular. And then his, in his first major press conference, he's asked like, um, do you, will you consider and, and will you, will you follow the governor's and the department of health emergency order? And he's like, I see it more as a request. And it's like, it's literally called, in order, an emergency order. Uh, and and he's like, yeah, no, it's more of a request. I view it as a request. And so because he viewed it as a request, it became a request, you know, in his eyes, uh, until his superior uh, in the Pentagon, basically, you know, uh, we forced the issue. Community, national, international, and local indigenous community forced that issue to the forefront and 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 made it impossible for them to 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 say that they weren't going to shut down Red Hill. But one more thing that he said in that interview that was so telling was when he was asked like you know about mission readiness always being a primary concern uh, a reporter asked him like don't you think that like contaminated water might affect mission readiness for Mm. the troops (laughs) and um he said it's not the fuel itself that's making them sick it's the fuel in the water that's making them sick. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it's just kind of galaxy brain shit that you can only like, kind of like wonder, like, how do you get this way where that is something that you think makes sense to anyone? Right. But I think, I think this is kind of the logic of capital where what once, once you understand the type, 
this entire different universe of logic that's used to justify capital accumulation, where you basically equate capital with life itself, right? Where we compare things like something as life-giving as water on the same or actually lesser importance than that of fuel and capital accumulation. And what you get is it, is it even changes our idioms, right? Capital mm-hmm. flows, income streams, liquid assets, yeah. to the to the point where where we just equate money with life. Wow, I mean, jet fuel may not melt still beams, but it definitely has been making people <laughs> sick. Uh, it's in the <laughs> yes. water or not, it's not something people should be um, having in their bodies. But uh, I mean. It seems like this has definitely gotten worse over the past few years, and it's been really interesting to watch uh, how many people from different backgrounds um, are affected by this and involved in stopping this. A lot of people who are from military families, it's, it looks like you can kind of see them being radicalized in real time uh, over this issue. But um, as you acknowledge, it's that it's it's not like it started in 2014. Um, that there's been leaking for a long time. Do we have a sense? I know there's probably no way we can know, but do we have a sense? of how long the Pentagon has known about this? And uh, could you also speak to the strategic importance of Red Hill just in terms of the American global empire? Let me start with that last question first. The purpose of the Red Hill facility is for a world war. There is no other reason to have 250 million gallons of fuel stored in an underground facility except for a world war. And they admitted that to us in a guided tour that one of our members in Oahu Water Protectors was able to broker. So we actually recently visited Red Hill for the first and probably last time for us. (laughs) And uh, uh, it was terrifying. You could smell fuel in the air before you even went into the facility. And you could definitely smell it when you stepped in. And and who conducted the tour, if I may ask you? Did, uh... um, it was a Navy official whose job it is to basically do propaganda tours like this. And uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot I could speak on about that. But in order to keep certain relationships, I have to sure. uh, not go into too much detail. But they, 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 they gave us some real, real uh, ridiculous explanations for certain things like and 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 this is all public too but i'll I'll get into that in in a bit because um this is i think a really important thing to understand about things like red hill and the and the ideology that drives u.s empire and it is a death drive right (laughs) Uh, it, it is one of the most it is the most like omnicidal homicidal homicidal genocidal death drives you could possibly imagine because it's like first of all why are you putting it 100 feet above our sole source aquifer why are you not spending nearly a fraction of the money to like build a new airport hangar as you are in maintaining this facility that sits above our sole source aquifer our primary source of water on this island why are you allowing it to leak hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel this that we know of over it's nearing the end of its life cycle why are you covering things up even when it's poisoning your own service people? And just imagine what they're doing to people who are not their service people, mm. right? All around the world, let alone in illegally occupied Hawaii. And 
you really kind of find an answer in the very rationale behind the existence of Red Hill in the first place, right? Because when you think about it, it doesn't even make any sense. Because if we are ever in World War III, it's not going to be fought at that scale with tankers and ships. And, and the Navy as a concept in many military uh, and defense strategy circles is starting to be considered kind of obsolete in various ways, right? So, because, you know, like the, their air defense and hypersonic missile technology is developing to such a degree where, you know, a battleship will, won't do shit, <laughs> you know? Uh, there's no way to defend against a hypersonic missile from, from a carrier, so, uh, I think, uh, except for advanced weapons technology that I think the U.S. is quite actually far behind on. Because despite the fact that we spend, the U.S. spends uh, orders of magnitude more than any other country uh it's all grift and make work the military mm -hmm. industrial complex is designed to just spread you know like a bajillion different parts for a single plane or a single tank to 48 different states yeah. uh just just to make work and to justify their existence in in every state's economies local economies so efficiency and tech and keeping up to date with technology to face a modern war is not the actual priority it's just profit <laughs> and uh so with going sorry going back to red hill it's like we're not going to need red hill we never needed red hill because if we get to a world war what we're going to have is thermonuclear holocaust we're not going to have an extended air and water battle right mm -hmm. that is the end of humanity yeah. so so even when you need red hill you're not going to need red hill <laughs> and and here's the other thing it's like I asked the pointed question on the ride back that I made sure to get a direct answer to. And I asked them like, so how often do you actually use Red Hill to fuel anything that's in Pearl Harbor? Because the pipelines from the Red Hill facility on Kapukaki, the actual Hawaiian place name of Red Hill, it flows down. It uses the force of gravity. This is why they call it an engineering marvel because you know it takes you know energy to pump things up takes energy to pump things, you know, uh, horizontally, and you can just use the force of gravity, which takes much less energy and time to send that fuel down to the harbor, which is a uh, place name is Pu'uloa, not Pearl Harbor. It used to be, the reason that's called Pearl Harbor is because it's so flush with, it was so flush with pearl oysters. Mm -hmm. It was the breadbasket of the entire island. But as soon as the Navy got to it, and, and had access to it, they basically turned it into a cluster of Superfund sites. And what was once one of the most plentiful areas on the planet is now one of the most contaminated sites on the planet. But the, going back to that, the, the reason that they, they um, don't use that facility is because, yeah, it's wartime reserve. But also, I wonder, like, is the reason they rarely ever use it is because it's too dangerous, mm. right? Are the pipelines too, too corroded? Victor Peters, the whistleblower, told me that when he was working there decades ago, they, you know, it is literally in the aquifer, right? They just dug out a massive hole in Kapukaki in the 1940s with a single lined tanks where you can't even have a gas station unless it's double-lined, if you're going to have underground storage tank. These are single-lined. 
the, 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 the some of some of the areas have corroded to like the thickness of like a slipper. Um, they can't even fill it to the top anymore because of uh, you know closer exposure to like air. Uh, it's too corroded at the top even to fill any of the tanks. I think to the top anymore, <laughs> so it can't even you know it can't even hold its carrying capacity that that is uh, stated at two hundred fifty million gallons. So it, it it is. I think it might be so on its last legs that they don't actually use it that much specifically for that reason. Victor Peters basically said that um, when they were managing the facility and overseeing a lot of the operations. Because it's in an aquifer, it's always raining because that's what an aquifer does. And the reason Hawaii has some of the cleanest water is because of this porous lava rock where the water percolates for years. Basically a natural, amazing filter like none other before it gets to our taps, right? And, uh, but as a result, when it rains, it rains through the entire mountain, right? So... When you've carved something into that mountain, what's going to happen, right? All of that rain is just going to come through into the tunnel and fall directly on these pipes. And these are old pipes, right? So um, they're not waterproofed in the way that, you know, modern systems are. And they corrode just from exposure to rainwater. So what Victor told me is they had to buy corrugated roofing. Like the ones you see on like old shacks, mm. like tin roofing, <laughs> to put over the pipes so that they wouldn't corrode as rapidly as they were. Right. Like this is what the U.S. military, with their trillion dollar budgets, was doing to address issues like that. And and when when obviously that blew my mind, but it made sense. And Victor told me like there was always money, plenty of money for new projects. What there isn't ever any money for is day-to-day maintenance because that's not what they're for they're not to operate they're to generate capital right so i mean he didn't say that part because he's not you know a communist but (laughs) (laughs) like like uh uh this is this is one of the biggest problems in hawaii that people who don't live here who call themselves you know progressives don't understand where you you can have like a, a self-described climate hawk like Senator Brian Schatz right. or, you know, an anti-Trump hero like Senator Maisie Hirono, beloved by progressives uh, uh, on the continental U.S. Imperial Corps. But when you look at their campaign finances, right, they both took massive donations from uh, a company formerly known as Navitech, which is like a mom and pop imperialist outfit that designed ship hulls, uh, whose CEO, former CEO, was recently indicted (laughs) for uh, um, embezzling, allegedly, millions of dollars in PPP funds and uh, misstating the amount of employees in his company in order to defraud the national, the the, the government uh, of of, uh, COVID relief money. The Secretary of the Navy himself has a company where in order to be nominated as secretary of the Navy, he had to divest from about 25 to $50 million in owner equity shares from his defense contractor company 
that connects to Navy operations and repair and security and IT systems. So, of course, that's just going to be a revolving door for him. It's, he's not going to be accountable to the people of Hawaii or, or be proactive on Red Hill. He's interested in building out the Navy fleet, right? Because once he gets out on the other side of, of his currently appointed position, he's going to go right back to what he was doing before, right? He doesn't give a shit about any of these families. Um so yeah, it's 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 all just one big grift. And the people who claim to be the most proactive on the situation within politics are some of the most complicit. Some of the people with the most blood on their hands. Like people like Schatz and Hirono, like they have taken tens of thousands of dollars, which is a lot of money in Hawaii politics over the years from these Schools like you know Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, Bay Systems, Raytheon, you name it. They have accepted money and appropriated billions of dollars for imperialist projects in the nation of Hawaii. And more people need to hold them accountable to that because they did nothing, right. next to nothing, when it came to Red Hill during the leaks in 2014. And now they're trying to take credit for shutting it down when it's not even shut down yet. <laughs> and, and Schatz, he's somebody who either he or one of his interns, very active on social media, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, what when does he actually do his job? Because he's on Twitter <laughs> all the time. And here's another thing is like, uh, it's so funny. Sorry to interrupt. But like, um, I Googled, uh, I mean, I, I Twitter searched the word Red Hill yeah. from his bajillion tweets and never once does he actually say Red Hill right. on his most popular Twitter account until I called him out for it? And then the like I think like the next day he announced that he was gonna with part of his delegation, congressional delegation, calling for the shutdown of Red Hill. And that was the first time he ever typed it. Oh wow. So he went from zero to shut it down. Yeah, cyberbullying okay. works sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and with Maisie Hirono too. She was one of the last holdouts. She usually uh-huh. always votes in lockstep with the uh, her congressional delegation. But she was holding back because Lockheed Martin is one of her biggest donors. Uh, and I think, I'm I'm guessing that her retirement plans have something to do with consulting with them. Mm-hmm. That's just my guess. Because she 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 lobbies, uh, I mean, she lobbies on back. She is completely in lockstep with the Chamber of Commerce that has this military affairs council that is very cozy with these defense contractors. In fact, the Military Affairs Council, which is an arm of Hawaii's uh, Chamber of Commerce, which if you look back far enough, every single one of the architects of the overthrow of Hawaii was a member of Chamber of the Chamber of Commerce. Really? And uh, yeah, some of them were founding members. Um, but anyway, uh, um, like her her pockets are just filled with blood, <laughs> blood money. Uh, but but yeah, like so so um, the Military Affairs Council, after the leaks in Red Hill, they spent tens of thousands of dollars in DC lobbyists to make sure that nothing proactive was done about Red Hill. They killed bills and resolutions in city council, in local and state legislatures, in the Senate, to ensure that nothing proactive would be done about shutting down Red Hill, let alone even properly taking the steps necessary to repair it. And the main reason behind this was because our misrepresentatives in Congress were bought and paid for. So they claimed to be doing something about the problem when really they were taking money from the very people who were driving this problem to catastrophe. And here's the other thing I really want people to understand 
about kind of this end stage of capitalism that we're in is there will always be a new frontier for capital accumulation until there's nothing, <laughs> right? Uh, un- or until we, we, as we say in Hawaii, huli the system revolution, right? Mm-hmm. And up and until that point, there will always be something. And even disasters, especially when it comes to the U.S. military, can be monetized. This is why Schatz and Hirono and others like them um, are now so eager to address and appropriate billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars at least to shutting down Red Hill and remediating what they can because the military defense contractors are still involved. So once you know you can no longer profit off of these capitalist imperialist projects, you can monetize the rot. And that's going to be an, another stage in this problem, even after we get them to successfully defuel and decommission Red Hill. So, yeah, now a lot of these institutions are saying, OK, yep, shut it down. We've got to do that. Let's get right on that. But you know what? We When we shut this down, we've got to be really, really careful when we're doing this. we got to go slowly and gently <laughs> and just do yes. this uh, in, it seems, as much time possible. Are they actually going to shut it down or just, is this just a, a stalling tactic? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a stalling tactic. And it's also hilarious because they basically did this full 180 where they lied to the public. Many of many of the members of Oahu Water Protectors have been on this issue for much longer than I have. Uh, so, some as early as 2014, some even earlier. Hmm. And that's, you know, like almost a decade of organizing around this, calling for the shutdown of Red Hill. And it fell on deaf ears. And they were considered like, you know, penny pennies, when in reality, they were Cassandra's <laughs> saying that Troy would fall, you know, they they were sending out so many warnings, uh, engineers, environmental scientists, Kanaka Maoli, advocates for the land, for the water, anti-imperialist organizers like Hawaii Peace and Justice and members within Sierra Club even. and just other Hawaiian-led organizations, they warned about it for years. Some people had warned about it for decades, and they ignored them and said, even up to late 2021, it's fine. What, what are you talking about? We got it under control. We're the U.S. military. Well, what, we, we wouldn't do that. Well, why don't you think we have this under control? It's fine. It's, it's completely safe. Um, there was this uh, assistant secretary of the Navy who testified during a contested case hearing. And he was put on the spot uh, by this amazing lawyer, David Henkin, uh, from Earth Justice. Um, and he was asked, like, you know, can you tell me, like, what's more important uh, for life? Is it is it fuel or is it water? And he wouldn't definitively weigh in on that. <laughs> he called it, like, a false premise wow. and said, like, you know, sometimes you need fuel and sometimes you need water. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yeah, more galaxy brain shit, right? So so they 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 then did this complete flip. And they're like, you know what? Actually, you guys were right. This this facility is in its end of life phase. It is deteriorating. It is so dangerous, just like you said. In fact, you guys were so right that 
we can't defuel Red Hill right now because of how right you guys were, you know? <laughs> so now it's like, now it's like, like what? So, 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 so there's, they're talking from both ends of their mouth, right? It's like, uh, we were never wrong. We have this under control. Also, you were right. And we totally do not have this under control. And that's why it's going to take forever to defuel it. And they're going to switch back as soon as it becomes convenient for them. And this, this is why, um, Organizing is central to, you know, an organization mm -hmm. and to the movement. But our mobilization and our agitation has also been a critical component of this fight. Because one thing we learned on Mauna Kea uh, in 2019, uh, where uh, Kia'i, uh, indigenous protectors and, and, you know, settler comrades, stood in the middle of the, the access road leading up to Mauna Kea to prevent the desecration of, of one of the most sacred sites um, in, in Hawaiian uh, genealogy and cosmology um, was that you needed to take control of the narrative. You need to wrest control away of the capitalist media narrative in order to win the people who are not at the front line with you, right? Because once you have that popular support, that's when they get very scared. And I was a part of the media team and just these amazing Kanaka media artists, creators, writers, uh, all these brilliant minds who are also active people in the movement. You know, they formed this hui that I was honored to be a part of. And we spent every day basically coming up with immediate counter narratives and non-reactive stories about what was actually going on with Mauna Kea. Why not only it was sacred, but there were scientific arguments against the construction of the 30 meter telescope, that it was both desecration and despoliation and threatening the aquifer that it sits on top of. And, and all of the indigenous life forms, some of which only live on Mauna Kea, the only place in the planet where many of them live. And so also connecting all of that to the broader core struggle of the efforts to decolonize Hawaii and all indigenous lands, right? To return the lands to those who it was stolen from and how they were never ceded, you know, and they were never actually turned into a state with the consent of the Hawaiian people, and in particular, the people who were the ancestral protectors and literal relatives of that land. And, and that, that struggle, uh, both on the, the media front and on the organizing and front line, has been an unbroken line uh, from Red Hill to Mauna Kea to Kaho'olawe, you know, to, to Kalama Valley, all the way back to the, the Ku'e petitions. And um, it's just an incredible, it's a very scary time <laughs> to live on Oahu um, because this is an existential crisis we're facing here. Dr. Kalihua Krug recently said, like, what we are facing is potentially the death of an island. And that is not hyperbole. That is a statement of fact. What we are facing, in my mind, if there is another catastrophic leak, or if the plume migrates completely into our municipal water supply, that is the end of life on Oahu as we know it. And the fact that that's not 
international front block A news every single day is a travesty. Uh, and the only way, the only reason I think it's not happening is because, you know, we're just an island chain in the Pacific. And there is, you know, some great conversations going on about it, but I hope there's more. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, why I wanted to have you on, especially because, like, I think, as you said, like, the reason this is being talked about now, the reason there's any action on it from the power of SEPI is, is through, is because of the the struggles that have been happening uh, on Oahu and with um, comrades elsewhere. Um but I, I do want to get a sense of like, if they wanted to shut it down, how easily could they do that? Because it sounds like it's not actually that time consuming to take the fuel out and just, you know, give the land back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to delete it. They, they keep saying um, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, it's just like it's it, they can, you know, what's so interesting is that in the contested case hearing, they were challenged on this as well, where but they also, you know, basically trotted out the notion that because this is wartime reserve, they could react rapidly in an emergency where they could defuel an entire 12.5 million gallon tank in a matter of days, Mm. right? So they could actually defuel in maybe weeks or months. But if we are to actually believe them, the reason would be that it is actually too, too far gone to do so. But even if that is true, and it is possible, right, the the U.S. military, they claim they can figure anything out. They have, you know, access to the entire mammon machine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they they can just throw, you know, a couple, you know, 10,000 innocents into into Moloch, you know, as as, as, uh, sacrifices to the god of capital and, and, and make it happen. You know, like, just, they can, they can figure it out (laughs) Uh, because they, they have access to infinite money they have all the game genie cheat codes to do so and they should just do it what was the question again (laughs) uh how easily could they actually shut down red hill i don't really know how to answer that question because oh yeah no yeah so so part of the problem with that question is that the military has been so opaque about everything that's been going on in that facility ever since it was created and they have been the opposite of transparent even after thousands of their own service people were poisoned and are now demanding accountability and information about what's happening to them and to their families and to their babies and what's happening to their water. And, and so without giving us any of that information, especially the general public, frequent updates, it's hard to even know how fast they can actually defuel. We just know that they can. And that they're not doing it as fast as they should. Uh, and because this is a ticking time bomb, right? As as uh, the Department of Health attorney ruled in the, the ruling in the contested case hearing, the, our time is very limited, right? It is, and this speaks to how Red Hill is not just a local uh, environmental disaster. It is part of the broader climate crisis that has been exacerbated by the U.S. military, the greatest polluter on the planet. And I think we need to understand all of these situations as as part of a global terror campaign, primarily instigated by the United States and Western imperialist ruling class, 
who have planted ticking time bombs all over the earth that are set to go off in relatively close succession. And we're running out of time all over the world. And so what we need to do <laughs> uh, is not just defuel Red Hill as fast as possible and organize and build power, connecting union power and labor solidarity with international solidarity the way they used to so effectively uh, prior to and through McCarthy era and connect those contradictions under capitalism with indigenous right to self-determination, with ending policing in America and, and uh, you know, uh, justice for all of the the legacy of the centuries of genocide that this entire country uh, sits upon. And that's the only way we're going to ever get it together to actually be able to defuse these bombs. Right. You know, one of the uh, big takeaways from this for me was like it's and this was in one of the segments I was watching is that it's not just Red Hill. Right. This is a really egregious example. But uh, the Pentagon, which has been very successful at greenwashing this, especially lately, <laughs> is, yeah. I, I think, a bigger polluter than most countries. Right. It's it's a huge mm-hmm. amount of carbon comes out of the Pentagon. There's so much waste that we don't even know about because it refuses to be audited. Uh, mm-hmm. And. You know, if you actually want to reverse course on climate change, you have to do something about the Pentagon. What they've what they have done is they have, you know, people who are paid to study every little thing and say like this, that climate change is bad for, quote unquote, national security. So we should keep an eye on it. But they're not actually decarbonizing and they can't no. decarbonize. It's it's baked into the, the system. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I've been working on this really exciting uh, documentary with uh, Empire Files, Abby Martin and Mike Preisner. And they were here recently for RIMPAC, which is the Rim of the Pacific Games that happens every two years in Hawaii, where the US military basically invites all of their imperialist allies. And some people they might want to uh, ease tensions with or normalize relations with to just bomb the shit out of Hawaii's land and water. And it's another one of those best kept secrets it's this empire hiding out in the open and it was next to red hill one of the most batshit things i had ever uh witnessed so yeah they they they, they, i think they invited about 26 countries this year so imagine all of those countries fleets like some of the worst uh client states and imperialists like of course like japan south korea uh, the UK. <laughs> uh, think of all the the most evil countries. Uh, they come here during RIMPAC, and uh, and like uh, the thesis of the film, Earth's Greatest Enemy, which is the U.S. military, is that even if every single country on the planet goes to net zero and meets their carbon drawdown targets in the time projected that the IPCC uh, and all the other climate agreements say they need to. If the U.S. military continues to if the U.S. military continues to exist, we are still headed for climate catastrophe. <laughs> That's how much the U.S. military pollutes this planet, and it's beyond just carbon emissions, too, right? Because almost everywhere there is a U.S. military installation, there is contamination, like with PFAS, right? This this uh, chemical and firefighting foam that is known to be a forever chemical 
that was recently found to be in rainwater everywhere on the planet, right? So, so this this is this is a carcinogen that 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 has all kinds of deleterious health effects, some of which we don't even know about yet. That thanks to the U.S. military is in nearly everything, and so so there are all these other forms of contamination that are exacerbating climate crisis that aren't necessarily just emissions that come out of a cargo plane, right? Or out of a tank engine. And so this is another thing that I think we need to uh, um, keep in mind and understand, uh, especially in our anti-imperialist organizing is that it's not all just about power plants and fucking paper straws (laughs) and, uh, uh, you know, uh, like you said, greenwashing. It's, it's, it's about the existence of U.S. empire in general. And so, 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 so to try to, to frame anything other than the abolition of the U.S. military um, as, as an answer to the climate crisis we are facing is, is like liberal, liberal bullshit. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so one, one anecdote that I want to give you uh, about RIMPAC is uh, we somehow got to be a part of the press gaggle. I don't, they did, hmm. they did no due diligence. It's like Google any of the three of us and you would immediately be like, we cannot have these people here. <laughs> but it's like, they, 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 that, that's what a clusterfuck the military is, right? They, they can't even do that. The, 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 the right hand does n- never knows what the left is doing. And so, um, or the left left, uh, that's more like CIA, FBI job, right? So like, um, we, we went there and, uh, um, I went to, um, Bellows Beach and there's, there's a base there. And they were practicing these amphibious landings where, you know, a helicopter would come and drop off people in uh, in a, like a boat and they would practice basically doing a D-Day style raid <laughs> in miniature, right? But then they took me to the home raids, the urban raids, and they put us in an armored vehicle and we drove down Bellows Beach, which I've been to so many times ever since I was a child. <laughs> and behind this barbed wire fence that was hidden with, you know, uh, you know, black mat. We go in there and it's, you know, it's so just out of sight and the walls are just high enough where you don't see it, but we go in and it is a compound that looks like a Hollywood set. And there are, aesthetic and architectural flourishes in this place where you see clothesline hangers and clothes hanging and and flowing in the wind. There's like this giant ceramic cow. (laughs) There's a wheelbarrow. Uh, There are certain elements all around it that make it look like a kind of like melange of both an Asian country, (laughs) uh, like a Middle Eastern country, like a Southeast Asian country, all kind of like rolled into one just so every country that that comes there can feel at home you know and <laughs> you know, invading their own people so and this is filming like the, the spaceship that they're gonna put the world's elite in and shoot them into space <laughs> so they can each one can oh my god yeah no, so, so yeah yeah basically uh but yes so they're they're doing these home raids and they're just we're filming from like 50 feet away as they're as they're practicing these home raids it was tonga and uh, I think New Zealand, who we film practicing, and they bust these doors open. And the first thing I see hanging in this room that they're, they're practicing it 
in Urban Raiden is a hanging photos of Kim Jong Il and Kim Jong Un. Mm. And I saw it in another place that they that they did a practicing home raid in. And then I basically asked like uh you know the lowest like officer I could find like uh, on the on on the hierarchy like can I go in there and, and just like you know get some B-roll real quick? And they're like yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I just went in. Later wow. they told me, oh, you can't, no, you, please don't use that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure, I'll delete it. And of course I did delete it. But um, <laughs> um, I went in there and like, they basically ransacked the entire place. They flip mattresses over. Everything's like just scattered on the floor. They just, they just destroy shit. And it's like, they're trained to do that, right? To terrorize people. And, and, and you could see like, I think what, what looked like a, you know, some kind of sacred text next to an AK-47 replica sitting on, on a, like a, a small wooden table. You can see, like, places for children to sleep. Um, and then, you know, leaders of the DPRK hanging right in the living room. And uh, it blew my mind. Like, And then they drove us to a place that looked like a mix between, like, maybe Afghanistan and Cuba, where there was, like, an antique, uh, you know, car sitting in an alleyway and this blew my mind because i was like this is like the set of a western that's how big this was like an entire town and this is when we saw sri lanka right when all of that shit was happening practicing Mm -hmm. the raid of like a insurgent compound and and oh. it just blew my mind. Yeah, it was. And this is this is what the U.S. military is doing frequently on all the islands of Hawaii where they have a military installation. Jeez. Well, um, <laughs> so this and this is going to be in the the documentary you're releasing soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is okay. not my documentary. Yeah. This is this is a. Uh, I'm just uh, filming a lot of it okay. uh, uh, in this late stage. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's Mike and Abby's uh, an empire files uh, documentary called earth's greatest enemy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a trip. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, definitely uh, listeners stay on the lookout for that. We'll, when that comes out, we'll, we'll promote it. Uh, but again, thank you, Mikey, so much. Thank you so much. Mahalo. And yeah, you can find us on oahuwaterprotectors.org as well. And on all social media platforms. Great. an interview yes that was mikey uh we'll link to that stuff in the show notes so you can lend a hand and uh yeah we were going to talk about some some one little more not news item right if you have that in you at home if you don't i guess you could turn this off right now <laughs> you're free to stop listening to the podcast at whenever you're tired turn it off tap out you can, tr- you can finish it later. You can eat your vegetables later. You can take years between listening to different parts and segments right. of, of Just stop. Show. You know it's bad for you. Lie down. Remember when Nintendo Wii would be like, hey, take a break. Go outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta, you, don't you have somebody to call or something? You played <laughs> Wii Sports for nine hours. Yeah. Um, was, was that good for you, exercise-wise? 
We the Wii? Yeah. yeah, actually, I got really jacked playing Nintendo yeah. Wii. <laughs> Jake had well, an incredible I, body. That's what I've heard it. about virtual reality. Is they've yeah. been like, we, we really developed this thing that's a huge workout, and then just nobody wants to do it because they don't. The Switch had this program called the like Ring that you were. It came with a peripheral you were supposed to get that was like a ring, and then it made you play games where you like swish the ring around. And I have friends who swear that it's a great workout swishing the ring around. And I'm like, I have a gym membership. <laughs> I'm not getting the exercise video game. Sounds stupid. Whoa. I mean, that sounds like a really good way to get jacked in seven days. <laughs> These... Oh, because it's the ring. Oh. Well, Mr. Lee, it appears you've won the internet again. <laughs> yeah. She's like your personal trainer. She climbs out of the well. She climbs out. <laughs> if you can climb out of a well, you have incredible core strength. Right. It's leg day. High mobility. <laughs> uh, forearms. Uh, finger strength. She really just... Finger nail strength, she really, and toenail strength. against a wall like a bug in a way that is incredible to watch. Yeah. Shout out to the girl from the ring. That's all core. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you know what else is core to our democracy? Our Ooh, local wow. New York elections that happened this last week. Right. Our extremely gerrymandered and uh, screwed up um, Senate districts, which we just had the primaries for. It's pretty much like the girl from the ring is running these things. Yeah, basically. She's the face of the Republican Party now. That yeah, I got to get the name up here. <laughs> the name of the girl from the ring? Does she have one? Yeah. Really? If you type in ring girl, it's going to show you a lot of models who work in wrestling. Um, <laughs> the ring girl is named, it's a Samara Morgan. Oh, that's the actor. Some, no, it's the that's name. That's the name of, of the, the. That's the name of the character. In the American really? one. Morgan. Wow. In the American one, they changed it to Morgan. They were like, they're, people can't follow it if it's too Japanese. She's, so she's still Samara S- Smith. That's weird. <laughs> She's still Japanese, though, in the American one, right? Yeah, well, I guess she's like, I don't know. She has an adoptive mother. She has a really complicated backstory. But she is resembling of a Japanese Onryo. She's like, oh. um, got like a mixed background, and she's com- she's Kamala. She gets her sushi at the well. <laughs> <laughs> what the, wait, what was that from again? Dan Nine. Oh, Dan oh Nine God. But, you know, okay. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I can't. Have I ever told the story about how uh, when my friend's sister saw the ring and we played prank on him? No. Have I not told you? So this is in like 2002 when the ring came out. Okay. And was staying with a, uh, my friend's family in North Carolina. And uh, his teenage sister and her friend, they went out to see the ring and came home and were like terrified. And so... Naturally, we tried to play a, a prank on them. We're like, yeah, th- there's this like crazy bloody guy running around and screaming things. I'm like, oh, my God, lock all the windows. And then after like five minutes, my friend was like, yeah, we fooled you. It was a joke. And I was like, come on, we could have kept them going for like another hour. They thought there was bloody a bloody guy. guy. Yeah, that's, that's always said. That was my favorite part is like you don't know what's in this movie, but you're like, yeah, there's a bloody guy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a freak out right, there. We didn't know. It. We didn't see it yet. He gives you a but, phone call. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but what we fooled them and they were mad at us and then. My friend, I was like, we should have, you know, kept it going longer. And my friend was like, well, we could just do it again. So we tricked them twice in one night with the same exact gag. We got ketchup 
put it on the window. And uh, <laughs> his sister. The telltale de- sign of the bloody guy. Right. His sister was like, okay, you're playing another prank on us. And then she like uh, took the ketchup off the window and licked it. And, she, and then she took a second and was like, that's not ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's got window shit on it. <laughs> it's <just> old <laughs> it's ketchup. <laughs> Wait, I ever tell you my ring story? Have I ever told this on this podcast? I don't think so. ring stories. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really weird one. So I had never seen the ring when this happened. I, I was, this is when I was like in high school. I was like uh, 17 or 18 or something. And I was hanging out in front of a bookstore with my friend. And like went inside to use the bathroom, came outside to the spot that we were hanging out at. And there was this little package like wrapped in brown paper and it had like a note on it. And it said like, you know, please take or whatever. I was like, okay. And I took it and then we got in my car and I passed it to my friends. Like open that. What is that? This is weird. Right. I just thought it was like a free book or something. Uh It was a fucking cassette tape. Right. And we, like we're driving around. This is like right at the end of people having VCRs and stuff. So I don't think I had one. So we had to like drive around, like find another friend of ours, like had a, uh, a VH, like a, uh, what do you call it? A VCR. Right. So we found my friend, Danielle, uh, Daniela. And she, <laughs> we went into her place. We were like, we found this, somebody like gave us this cassette tape, uh, mm-hmm you mind if we play it like in your, at your, like we use your VCR. So we put it in and it was the tape from the ring that kills you, Hmm. but I had never seen it. She had, so she starts screaming and like, you know, I, the third guy, I can't remember if he'd seen it or not or whatever, but then we like figured out like what it was. And in the ring, did you make a copy? Uh, I know, uh, we, so we, hold on. The first thing that happened is I got a phone call, but I didn't know that you get a phone call in the movie. It was just somebody like trying to buy some weed or some shit. You know? <laughs> and so I pick up my phone and I answered it and then she's like, Oh my God, everyone's like, Oh, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know that you, that you like, um, you start choking, but I have really bad allergies. So I was just like, Oh, like I do that yeah. all the time. You hear it on the <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, I've heard you do that like, every what day. the fuck, yeah. dude? <laughs> all this shit just happened to happen. And then, I kind of like figured out like, oh, okay, this is from the movie The Ring. Oh, this I've is beat this. by beat the events of The Ring. So my friend, he uh, he was an orphan. And he really hated his grandmother that he lived with. So he took it home. He showed the tape to her immediately. It was like, I don't know, maybe it'll kill her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like we like took it to school and stuff or whatever. It was like funny. It was legitimately unnerving like because you're like this is stupid and then like the seven days go by and you're like all right (laughs) (laughs) what's gonna happen on monday or whatever um but i i I fucking watched it enough times to where i caught there's like a frame at the end of the tape if you pause it then there was like a web address like kind of in the corner of the screen Uh i went to the web address and it was really freaky because it said uh it said my name. It said like, click here. If you want to find out what happened to Jake. Whoa. And I was like, what the fuck? And so then I clicked on this, you know, clicked through this website and eventually started to realize it was like a story that tied into the ring about a character. And it just happened to have the same name as me. It was really, really? weird. This yeah. is an extremely ta- time specific story where there's VCRs and a website you yeah. can go to. Yeah, just a website. Not there a was social. one month this could have possibly taken place <laughs> in 2001. 
It was viral marketing for the second ring movie. Like eventually, Ooh, if you click through all okay. of it, it's like, okay, you know, there's a second movie coming out and there was like a map of the United States and it was like, pass the tape on to somebody else or whatever and like freak them out too. Where did you find it again? You said a bookstore in Houston where uh -huh. I lived. So this was a guerrilla marketing campaign. Yeah. Okay. It was really freaky That's though. really cool actually. <sighs> yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, I just happen to have my. It just happened to be like a fake character that has my same name and shit. What happened to advertising in this country? We used to put we used to put <laughs> unnamed VCRs in bookstores and hope a guy named Jake finds it and curses people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Know, used to be a proper country, etc. So there was an election, and <laughs> yeah. some of some of our preferred candidates won, and then others did not. That's right. Uh, yeah, so the maps were, I think I've explained this before. Many of our listeners already know, but in case you don't, the uh, state Senate maps were challenged by Republicans. And because the Democrats died, decided to nominate this idiot judge, um, the original maps got thrown out. They had to do new maps. And lo and behold, uh, the guy I was helping out, David Alexis, uh, the Senate district he was running in, the map was redrawn to be less favorable. So Park Slope was actually taken out. Um, we would have put him in there, baby. We would have put him in there had it not been for dunk. there was a spoiler candidate. Because everybody, when we talked about on the show about uh, Nomiki Kohn's, we were all worried about that, that she'd split the uh, left-wing progressive vote. In Queens. In, well, that district is Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan. It's a crazy big district. District or it just stretches across. By the way, across any of the parts of these districts that touch Manhattan veer right dramatically. <laughs> yeah, Ex yeah. Um, that oddly enough, that is, or perhaps not oddly, that's this is actually I, unless I'm mistaken, she's going to be the only DSA elected to represent any part of uh, Manhattan. Um, We're taking over. Yeah. We're approaching the taken. island. Right. We're taking over Roosevelt Island. <laughs> <laughs> All of the music festivals are ours. <laughs> but uh, so actually, that'd be tight to party in the tramway thing oh, that goes yeah. across the. Have you ever been to Roosevelt Island? It's yeah. fucking weird, man. I wish it was me. It looks like DLC content for Manhattan. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> There's all kind of ice zombies walking around. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, the real spoiler was I didn't even know about this person until a couple weeks ago. But there's this uh, Keegan May Williams, I believe is her name, who's a lawyer running, um, also challenging the incumbent in Senate District 21. And uh, she did not come close to winning, but she did peel off enough of the vote to where it looks like she cost uh, David Alexis, our golden boy, the election um, because the incumbent, Kevin Parker, did not. Uh, meet the 50% threshold, but that's all they needed was, you know, I, I believe. Listeners will remember like this is the guy who was throwing people down the stairs for yes. 20 years. He right. has this weird. guy that like body slams people and shit. Does it yeah. fucking. Uh, Untouchable. Still he jumps. There. He's yeah. He broke. He'd stomped on one of his uh, employees glasses and then stomped <laughs> on his own tie. He loves stomping on things and beating he's, people he's up. He's like an angry horse. He did yeah. this stone-cold stunner to a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the the spoiler basically sent out these mailers that were, were like, um, you know, David Alexis, he's got these, these nice-sounding ideas, but he doesn't have the experience necessary and all this stuff that sort of presumed that he was a less 
viable candidate, which was actually the opposite of true. So it convinced enough people who are like, well, I definitely want Kevin Parker out. This Keegan person looks like she'll stand the better chance. So it's hard to stay informed about local elections for a lot of people. Right. So that really sealed the deal there. But Kristen Gonzalez won. Uh, Jabbar Brisport was reelected in my neck of the woods. So um, overall, a good night. And then, you know, next time we'll we'll do some more damage. Social is still plus one at the end of the day. But the moral of the story is spoilers. Get rid of them. Get them early. They're a problem. Yeah. People were right about Ralph Nader and Anders was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask, I mean, with, with what you're saying about spoilers, is there any, I mean, does that, if we're going to be consistent here, does that lend legitimacy to arguments about, you know, Bernie should have dropped out because he made everyone Susan Sarandon crazy. No, he's never been a sport. Yeah. He's only running primaries. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you ask Ralph Nader, he would say that in retrospect, he should have just run in the through the primary process. Um, and if you're talking about Jill Stein, she will eventually become president and needs <laughs> that initial momentum. So that is not yeah. a spoiler. That's just the beginning of an empire. True. Right. She's the mob deep. Yeah. Uh, she's a giant worm that will eventually rule us all. I mean, in fairness, I don't think he would, he would still contest the spoiler uh, thing, but. I think it's a little different when you're we're talking about primaries, general elections, you know, and also the stakes. Well, it's it's different when you have an actual progressive option and you're splitting that vote. And arguably in 2000, there was not one. So, yeah, okay. that's what he would say. That's fair enough. All right. Uh, we've we've discussed all of our topics and the ring. <laughs> Let's close out here. Anybody have anything to plug at the end of the show? Uh, for me, just the Red Hill stuff, which we'll link to in the show notes. Red Hill stuff in the show notes. Um, I'm doing another monthly show, September 16th at Caveat. Come to that. Game Boys, I'll put the link in the notes. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Attack Test Kitchen. Jake, do you have anything? No, I'm uh, bartending for the entire summer because I'm trying to get rich $1 bill at a time. So... Uh, Go into every bar in New York, and maybe eventually you'll run into me. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want someone to come in and kill me at my job. Jake's plug is to find him. Just find me. <laughs> it's a little place called Dime Square. It's That's the right. Name That's of right. the bar. <laughs> I work at the Dime Square Humiliation Ritual Theater <laughs> uh, thing. I, fuck, we don't even have we don't have the time to get into what that means. But read that uh, thing. It was crazy. Okay. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished.